Radio Drone. Like by episode 45, people don't realize what the show is just by that rather, I hate to say it, iconic opening we now have with the bad muffled mono audio. <laughs> people think this is a call-in show? We have our first call. And I mean yeah, ever, considering this is not a call-in show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, could you play something but Nickelback? <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> I hope I would never be on that call-in show. <laughs> I, w- I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind being on a call-in show where where people ask really bizarre sex questions. Like, all right, I have this certain object stuck in a certain place, and I need to know how to get it out without a certain person finding out. <laughs> oh, that was in my favorite episode of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, caller. I'm listening. <laughs> well, hey, Jared, where would people get objects to stick in certain places? Yeah, his well, closet. <laughs> 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 Ha! He just totally nailed you. He did. He did. But if there's nothing in my closet, then you would want to go to adamandeve.com. And especially if you don't want to come out of Jared's closet, you go to adamandeve.com and use the promo code DROME. And Jared, can you not gimp up what they get? Uh, I I, No, I can't because I forgot. 50% off of a single item. Three Three free DVDs. Yeah, a free mystery gift and free shipping, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Seriously, one of these weeks you're going to oh. not gimp this, and you, we're going to make you I do just it right. The list. How That's do you, all. How do you gimp up something that we're promoting off of an adult website? They sell gimp stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. Oh, so, Brad, I've, I've heard you've been uh, kind of torturing yourself this week. You in kind of an S&M mood, considering that you're putting yourself through bad ET week? Through the ET week, yeah, yeah, that's what they. Yeah, I should say that. Yeah, if I do sound a little drained on this particular episode and just completely out of it, it's because yeah, I'm at the I'm at the tail end of uh, ET week. Uh, it's Thursday night, so tomorrow's the last one. I I I spread it out quite a bit, uh, like because really all last week I was I was watching the movies and then I wrote them. So this week I've just I've just been editing. It's been a long week. The hardest one to do was Nuki. I was going to I was going to ask you, Brad. So, if you only watched Nuki once throughout the entire editing process, how many de facto times have you now seen Nuki? <laughs> Nuki, I Nuki is one of the hardest movies I've ever had to sit through for that show. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Like I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. Usually when I do the movies on the show, I I I do it in more or less one sitting. I take a tiny break halfway through it just for a few minutes or whatever, but this, but for Nuki, it took me a couple of days to get through it. <laughs> what I want to know is, I want to know just how bad the IRS had Steve Rausback by the balls that he needed the money from doing that movie. I didn't even realize until Jillian told me that the nun was the mom from Mary Poppins. I, would, I wouldn't have noticed that either. She, she said that too, but Jillian oh. told me that Jillian told me. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. But I'm like, what is he doing in this movie? Like, I, I know he's had movies before, but this is, this is beyond any, nearly any kind of bad that I've seen in a movie before. This is straight up tried to save it in editing, 
just pure torture of a movie. See, w- th- those are the kind of movies that Lance Henriksen calls alimony movies. Uh-huh. You yeah. take them when you've got an alimony payment coming up and you don't have it. That that's yeah. why he did that's why Henriksen did movies like Man's Best Friend. That was an alimony movie for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, did, I, I just got Cam- done reading his book, so Bruce Campbell, I think, calls them mortgage makers or something. <laughs> now keep in mind, I love Bruce Campbell, but he seems like the kind of guy when you look at his recent output in the last decade, not counting burn notice, seems like he doesn't say no to a lot of scripts. <laughs> You know, it seems like there's a lot of scripts that as long as the check clears, he's there on set, you know, first day of shooting. Hope someday in a position to where I can just say yes to everything. <laughs> well, that's why Shatner made all those really, really bad TV movies and direct-to-video or, you know, direct-to-drive-in movies in the late 70s before Star Trek The Motion Picture. He yeah. said he was so desperate to save his house, if the script came with a check, it, he didn't even read the script before accepting it. He, yeah. he cashed the check first and then said, I don't care, I need the money. I'm and in I this movie. Do, I will do Impulse. <laughs> I don't know if Impulse was one of them. I know Kingdom of the Spiders was one of those. Uh, it had to, Impulse had to have been one of them. Impulse was made around that same era. Okay, yeah, then that was probably one too. And I know he did a bunch of TV movies and uh, a bunch of TV pilots that you know turned out to just be TV movies since the shows never got picked up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess the, it's still, uh, yeah, I, I'll say the worst thing that I've ever seen Shatner in was uh, my dad says that that was pretty awful. But I I think I've seen worse. American Psycho two, no, <laughs> Star Trek five. Star Trek five was Star Trek five was Wrath of Khan compared to my dad says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really can't argue. I really want to argue with you, Brad, but I can't. <laughs> I really wanna though. Th- so Josh, what's this about an article I just saw on Facebook? Um, a, a Green Bay newspaper called Scene just did a little profile on me. Of course, they got the Jackalope's website wrong, but other than that, it was relatively accurate. <laughs> Welcome to JackMeOff.com. <laughs> that would be really funny if they had done that though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have told Todd, "Don't complain then." Because <laughs> the actual website is jackaloperadio.com. He just kept putting it as jackalope.com. Yeah. So other than that, yeah, they did a little profile on me, so I'm feeling kind of bubbly because of that. Nice. And I don't know if it'll get me any extra work or anything, which I'm hoping it does, but who the hell knows? Cool, cool. So it's posted on my Facebook page if you're, if you're friends with me, although I don't use Facebook all that often. I think, are we friends on Facebook? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, think so. so. I'm friends with Jillian and Jared, so I would there's assume a, you. There's a guy on, unless it's unless it's you under a fake name, but there's a guy on Facebook whose profile picture is your picture. <laughs> under a fake? No, I, I'm under my real name. <laughs> he, uses, he uses his name. I, I figured, but there, yeah, uh, I one one person on Facebook. I think he's on my friends list. I, I'm yeah. not sure. Because no, I, I I have I have t- I have two Facebook things: one for twelve oh one beyond, and yeah. then one under my real name, Josh Hadley. No, oh, yeah, this one this one's another name, and it's 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 the picture that you have up here on your Skype. Okay, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to figure out who the hell that is, so I can kind of bitch at him. <laughs> Should I be flattered or? Yeah, 
yeah, take it as a compliment. I've seen uh, I've seen profile pictures where it's me. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of that, uh, Dane Forgione, our friend from the Mental Cast, he he his theater group said he said somebody showed up dressed as the cinema snob for Halloween. Oh really? Nice. Yes. Cool. He thought you'd be flattered by that. Very. <laughs> I don't know if they talked like you, but or I when, should I should say by the cinema snobs. Sorry, they're different people. When will anybody cosplay or put up a picture of me? W- when you're relevant to anything? Oh. You kind of <laughs> set me up there, Jared. Come on. Oh. <laughs> you set me up, damn it. All right. I are hurt. <laughs> Good for you. I got a review DVD in the mail the other day, and this review DVD will actually spill into our topic. Before I get into that, do you guys have any time you want to waste just to piss off certain people? <laughs> um, what was Oh, uh, there was something else I was going to mention. Um, well, we're not going to waste time while you think about it. I know, I, I, it just escaped my mind. And you know what? We're going to be halfway through the topic, and I'm going to be like, oh, I remember now. <laughs> hey, Brad, would you say he gimped it? I don't use your big words. <laughs> Four letters is way too big for me. I only stick uh, with three-letter words. It is to me. I just got done watching Pod People for ET Week. <laughs> so you got to see Trumpy? Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I'm, I'm watching the movie, and I'm, I have the unripped copy of it. I think uh, I have a yeah. I think I have an unripped VHS of that somewhere. Yeah, where it's called it's called Extraterrestrial Visitors. No, I think mine's that. actually called Pod People. I think. What? I think my VHS is actually called Pod People, I think. Yeah, mine's mine's called Extraterrestrial Visitors, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, you know, this really is the best movie I've watched all week. We're, you mean better than Baddie or Badai or however you pronounce that? Badie. Badie, sorry. I like, you know, there are parts of Pod People that I do like and sort of appreciate. Like, if, if the, the producer didn't step in and make him turn it into an E.T. clone or 20% of it into an E.T. clone. It wouldn't have been that bad of a horror film if you put it, if you made the death scenes, if you made the death scenes better and stuck to it being a horror film. If there's one thing I do actually like about the that movie is even though there is an overabundance of fog, I I do like how the woods look in that movie. I like that the woods look very grimy and sweaty and just and all of that fog atmosphere i do like that about that movie and all of then, a sudden it turns into the moors of scotland yeah yeah it looks like it's shot on like it looks like it's shot to be like a medieval film or something like that like excalibur or something and and then of course the kid shows up and starts talking and it starts getting a little annoying but there are there are parts of the movie i like and it's funny when you watch it when you watch it unriffed and you see some lines that aren't in the Mystery Science Theater version, it's even more schizophrenic than when you're watching it on Mystery Science Theater. Because in unriffed and uncut, you have uh, you have scenes of the kid and they're playing with the Simon machine and there's that dance thing and the and the stop motion scene. And then you cut to the teenagers downstairs and the girl goes, I f- hate these crap woods <laughs> <laughs> well see you, you know what my favorite scene in pod people is the scenes that from galaxy invader oh see now i uh, i watched i didn't 
my copy is from Film Ventures, so it's the actual uh, opening and closing credits. Okay, yeah, but mine has the mine's basically the Mystery Science Theater version, just without them on it. Yeah, it's the yeah. same print that they used. But you, you brought up something else that really pisses me off about some of the Mystery Science Theater movies: the way they would cut the movie and then make fun of the scenes that they cut out. I remember they they did that to Mitchell. And Mitchell We're, has a lot of scenes that are cut out. That that doesn't bother me because I understand that they have to do that. But it bothers me when they bring attention to like in their version, John Saxon's storyline has no resolution. Yet it yeah. does in the uncut Mitchell. And then they start making jokes about, hey, wasn't John Saxon in this movie? You know, John what Saxon happened to his character? And it's like, well, no, you cut all his scenes. I still like that joke, so it does. Oh, that's I still that joke still makes me laugh. Uh, but isn't there a cop? Isn't there a version of that movie that has that scene cut out of it? Because they are using an edited version of that movie. The They're the using... VHS I have has the John Saxon scene. I don't know about other versions. There are other versions. There's a version of that movie that was cut for television, and you can tell because one, the sex scene is longer in, in the uncut version. In the uncut version, the sex scene is longer, and what she writes on his windshield. Is she doesn't write jerk? She writes asshole. I think. How dare so you. there is. So the one the version that they had was an already edited version that they edited again to condense it down for time. So I don't know if in either <coughs> if if there is a version that John Saxon scenes not in, but that doesn't bother me really. I understand that they have to cut stuff out with pod people. Really, there wasn't that much that was cut out. Like aside from like the opening credits being different. There were some shots here and there. Oh, uh, before he uses the Simon machine, he, uh, w- with the power of magic, puts together that puzzle that the kid was playing with. And the kid was like, Trumpy, you're cheating. You need to teach me how to do that. It's like, <laughs> to cheat? Um, and uh, so there was that. And, like, there's a bigger shot of when the thing, if when the meteor crashes and, like, the woods are on fire and stuff like that. So it's tiny little stuff kind of here and there but there isn't really that much that was taken out of it well do you ever have when you're watching an unriffed movie that you've seen riffed do you ever just in your own head just put the riffing in yourself yeah especially if it's something like pod people which that's my favorite episode oh see i i gotta go no i gotta go giant spider invasions my favorite that's a good one too. I, I, but the, but you're not from Wisconsin, Brad. There's all the Wisconsin jokes in that that mean more to me in Giant Spider Invasion. Oh come on! But Pod People has the Springfield, Illinois joke. Actually, <laughs> actually, beginning of the end does. Uh, beginning of the end, uh, it supposedly is taking place in Illinois, but it's so not shot in Illinois. There are mountain ranges in the background, <laughs> and they do mention Springfield at one point. Nice. But with something like Pod People, that's my favorite episode that I've seen God knows how many times. Yeah, when I was watching it on Rift, there are parts. Yeah, you you just you know the the ripping kind of pops up in the back of your head, like the McLeod stuff and the huzzah Trumpy you can do stupid things and stuff and stuff like that a potato it's a potato yeah yeah Cause one see, man show Leslie Nielsen Leslie Nielsen Leslie Nielsen <laughs> cause see like, like I said I do that for Giant Spider Invasion when I when I bought the DVD I just kind of kept going Packers woo yeah <laughs> throughout the whole yeah, movie yeah. every time the spider's chasing somebody I there's there's only a few that I've seen unriffed. Mitchell, I've seen unriffed. Uh, Squirm, I did. Squirm, I saw 
unriffed before I even saw, before I saw the Mystery Science Theater version. Well, the Same here, I... and that one's missing a lot of scenes. The Mystery yeah, Science that... Theater version's missing like a good ten minutes of scenes. Yeah, it's missing quite a bit because you had you had a uh, squirm, which in itself is like at least between like eighty or ninety minutes long, and so it's cut anyway to to fit into the Mystery Science Theater. But that's also an episode that has a short. I think it's the uh, coily one, uh, the no springs. And so you have even more of Squirm cut out. But Squirm was also rated R, so most of the scenes were the gore scenes of the worms killing people, i.e. the scenes people went to go to the movie to go see. If you're going to see a a killer worm movie, you don't cut out the scenes where the worms are killing people. That's just dumb. (laughs) Well, it doesn't. I don't know if it really matters if you're watching the Mystery Science Theater version, but (laughs) you're watching it rift. (laughs) <laughs> right, so uh, I, I don't know But sometimes but, sometimes to me Okay, I, I worked with a guy Whose dad worked on He was one of the actors in Giant Spider Invasion Yeah They were pissed off When they saw it on Mystery Science Theater They I'm were sorry, not happy at all a, When you make a movie called Giant Spider Invasion you can't be pissed off when someone decides to make fun of it. Yeah. That was my one line of thinking, but he said they were not happy at all. Because really, them and Rebane, they thought they made a pretty decent creature feature. Uh, they must have been drunk and high, I don't know, but they thought they made a decent flick. Well, it's all about a, it's all about having a sense of humor, honestly. Like, I've done, you know, I like some of my movies. Uh, I like a, I, some of my movies I like a lot. If I made a movie and it was on Mystery Science Theater, I would be freaking honored. And plus, yeah. it's not—it's a riff show. You watch, you know, it's a group of. You watch it is in the same way, you know, you're with a group of friends sitting around watching like a, a cheesy movie, and you're kind of making comments and whatever. You know, it's not—it's not really a review show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so hear that riff tracks paranoia. Get on it. <laughs> Brad will be honored to give you paranoia. I would be honored if they did paranoia. You, you brought up something that actually segs into our topic as well, about how you know, you're proud of your early films and things like that. Well, I just got a review DVD for More Brains, A Return to the Living Dead. Yeah. That new four-hour documentary on the Return of the Living Dead franchise. Uh-huh. It's by the same people that did that really great uh, Never Sleep Again Elm Street one. Oh, right on. And something, I mean, it, it's a really good documentary. I have one kind of minor complaint, and maybe it was my sound system. The underlying music track that they had was almost as loud as the people talking. And so it was really starting to drown out some of the things people said, and that was really annoying when I was watching it. They had Chester Novel Turner edit it. Yeah. <laughs> I, if he, I don't know, is he even still alive, Chester Novel Turner? I, I heard he died in a car accident or something. I was going to say, I, I heard he he died. Maybe it's his ghost from Quad Dead Zone. The, yeah. the one that sits in the chair. <laughs> but more, more Brains was actually pretty decent. Like, Do you like the Tonight We'll Make Love Till We Die song? Um, yeah, the, I think. Yeah, 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 that, that one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. They have kind of like a heavy metal version music video on here, which I actually like better than the original, and I really liked the original. Oh, nice. So I would say go out and pick up to the audience more brains of return to the living dead yeah and 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 keep in mind i i'm not one of those reviewers that just because i get something to review i give it a good review go back and look at some of the other things i said i've gotten review discs for i don't always give them a good <laughs> review just for the hell of it 
Because, yeah. you know, someone's always going to accuse you of that. They're always going <laughs> to say, you just want to keep getting free stuff. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, I, I tell review people right away, I'm going to review it honestly. If I don't like it, I'm going to tear you a new asshole for it. <laughs> I thought Dama versus Gacy was awesome. <laughs> That's not even close to the snob. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be the snob. All right. <laughs> but the snob would never say that about that movie. <laughs> but there was something in this that made me, it, it reminded me of something that was also in the Night of, Nightmare on Elm Street one. Yeah. And that was, out of the first three movies, not counting Mark Vanderdee or Dan O'Bannon, who are both dead, who is the one person from all three of those mo- or the, from the first three movies that you think was too good to participate in this documentary? In the Return of the Living Dead movies? Yes, uh, from one, two, and three. Uh, I, I don't know. I was at the Return of the Living Dead panel, and most of them were there. Everyone from the first movie, bunch of people from the second, Melinda Clark was too good to be in this from part three. Oh, oh, from part three. Julie from part three. She was too good to be in this. And I've read another interview with her where she kind of wants to forget she made Return of the Living Dead. Now she's, you know, a real actress now. Apparently she wasn't a real actress when she made Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah. And it, it, it reminded me of the Never Sleep Again one. The three biggest names outside of Robert Englund to come out of that franchise, Johnny Depp, Patricia Arquette, Lawrence Fishburne, too good to participate in the documentary. Yeah. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 documentary on that DVD. Everybody participates, except Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. The guy who's really famous now. We've seen what McConaughey Chainsaw 4. Yeah, McConaughey and Zellweger for Chainsaw 4. Um, Jennifer Aniston with Leprechaun. What is it about the movie that maybe it doesn't make you a star, although in some cases it is, but like in Aniston's case, it's a movie that kind of put her on people's radar uh-huh. for Leprechaun, and then she wants to forget like she ever made that. I mean, I, I, well, I, Leprechaun wasn't really that good, though, was it? No, but, it, but it's the fact that that was her first real movie. It was her first starring role. And she wants to forget she ever made that movie. I think they're trying. I I, I don't know. I I think it'll. It, I think they probably think it'll make them seem classier. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, I agree with jeering uh, Johnny Depp and all them for uh, for the Nightmare on Elm Street because that franchise is is just you know spectacular. But you know you, you gotta kind of. Um, understand where Aniston is coming from whenever she wants to try and put that past her. You know what I mean? But uh, how can you just... It's not for- the worst movie she's done. No. no, But but I mean, I just don't like when people get big, they want to forget where they came from. I mean, uh-huh. to a certain degree, yes, I'm sure Stallone wants to forget Italian Stallion. But Stallone, like, will talk about Italian Stallion. I mean, Stallone, Stallone has said that he doesn't particularly care much for the movie, but he he jokes about it. Like uh, uh, when the, when they were blackmailing him about the movie, and they were like, "You give us two hundred thousand dollars, and we won't release this movie." And he said, "Are you kidding? I won't even give you twenty bucks." Uh, <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> someone's like, "They're paying like ten thousand dollars to show this movie at a theater," and he's like, "Really? For ten thousand dollars, I'll just show up myself." <laughs> um, and so, like, he, he has a sense of humor, at least, about it. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't really like the movie, but he's not... Well, but then look at, like, what Zellweger and McConaughey tried to do to Texas Chainsaw 4. 
They yeah. actually sued to try and stop the movie from being released on grounds that if the movie came out, got to remember it had been delayed so long that it wasn't coming out till after Jerry Maguire and uh, Time to Kill. They said it will hurt their future prospects as movie stars if people see this movie that we made and we have no legal right to try and stop. You know, and McConaughey, if you look at some of the behind the scenes stuff, there's no way he was embarrassed at the time he made that movie. He was having fun making that movie. Oh, yeah. And you got to wonder if how much of it in terms of like the McConaughey thing, if how much of that has to do with his management, his publicist, or, or whoever. Because, yeah, I agree with you. I think that most of these actors, they they are having fun in the movies. I mean, how can I have some fun in those movies? But, you know, once a lot of them get big, bigger, you know, the, the, they get kind of an ego about them and don't really want anyone to see, like, sh- a schlocky movie that they were in prior. They They only want to be known for the mainstream stuff that they're doing. I think it's sort of an ego trip. I, I think it is, because look at Johnny Depp in, in uh, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, He won't talk about it. An interview is not allowed to ask him. That, mm-hmm. That's one of the, the, the presets of interviewing Johnny Depp. You cannot bring up 21 Jump Street. He he gave an interview in the early 90s about how he hated it. He, he was miserable the entire time. And then they go and show you the blooper reels. He's having a hell of a fun time shooting those episodes. He's talking to the writers, and they're incorporating his ideas. He's goofing around. Everyone says he was so fun on the set. Oh, but I was miserable the whole time. I don't want people to see this show. And that's just it about Johnny Depp. He's kind of a douchebag. (laughs) That's what it seems like. He really is too avant-garde for even himself. He's kind of full of himself, is what it looks like. Oh, yeah. I just look at the 21 Jump Street thing, and I get irritated at how, if you bring it up, the interview's over. Mm-hmm. Screw yeah. you! That's part of your past. It's like Glenn Danzig saying the Misfits. He only released like nine records with them and was with them for a good decade. Wrote all their songs, and then after he gets in legal action with them, oh, I never was in the Misfits. He goes, Sam Hain was my first real band. Screw you, Glenn! You egomaniacal shithead. See, I like the actors who uh, still love like the early like horror movies they did. Like you know, Crispin Glover will talk about Friday the Thirteenth. And uh, Kevin Bacon about the first Friday the 13th. George Clooney, like, you see people bring up Return to Horror High and Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I mean, he has some jokes about them, yeah, but it's he has fun talking about them. He doesn't, he doesn't seem embarrassed when he's talking about them. No, I can, I, a little bit, I can understand when you're talking about, like, your, if you did hardcore. Like yeah. uh, Scream Queen Michelle Bauer, she used to do hardcore films under the name Pia Snow. Yeah. You know, she did like Cafe Flesh, which she's not all that proud of. She did like the Bad Girls movie movies, which she's not all that proud of. I understand kind of the difference between coming from wanting to leave those hardcore films off your resume. Yeah. I can kind of see that. But when it's just like Leprechaun, just suck it up. You made the damn movie. You cashed the check. <laughs> You know, be an adult you about you this. Mean Shusha doesn't like the movie where she banged a twelve-year-old. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you never saw that movie? No. Uh, I forget what it's called, but that's a movie. Are you uh, yeah, kidding it's like me? Early, it's like early '80s. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> well, and then you know, wow. <laughs> you know, you all you also have ones like I said. I just read Lance Henriksen's book. 
basically up until I think up until the Terminator, he doesn't like any film he made. Yeah, yeah, I saw an interview where he got he got really, really pretentious about 3D, which leave it to James Cameron to get pretentious about 3D, <laughs> and like just bashed Piranha 2. Yeah, and Lance Henriksen, he didn't like Piranha 2, he didn't like The Visitor, he, he didn't like, you know, he didn't like, not that the movies were bad, but he only had minor roles in Network and Dog Day Afternoon. So, Wait, are you, know, you talking about Lance Henriksen? Yes. Oh, I, I thought yeah. you were talking about James Cameron. No, L- L- Lance Henriksen. Oh and, no, James! Yeah, James Cameron got really pretentious about 3D, and and also had was saying horrible things about Piranha Two. Speaking of Piranha Two, there's always that thing. Now, who do you trust more, Lance Henriksen or James Cameron, about how much of that movie James Cameron shot? <laughs> Lance Henriksen, because James Cameron says he only shot about a week, and then he was taken off the project by the producer. Henriksen. In his book, Outright says, Cameron shot the entire movie and was only removed in post-production. Yeah. So I think Cameron just wants to distance himself from that movie. And I don't know why, because, well, it's not great. It's not it's that fun. bad of a flick. No, it's not. It's not a bad yeah. flick. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know why he's so fun. embarrassed about that. Lance Hendrickson kicks ass in that movie. Name me one movie Lance Hendrickson doesn't kick ass in. Lance Hendrickson even kicked ass when he played Log John Silver in the the Asylum Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He talks about that a little bit. Does he? Yeah. The one I I just, maybe you saw this one, Brad, a 1992 movie. It was Lance Henriksen's first comedy called Delta Heat with him and uh, the guy from ER and Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Oh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, him and Lance Henriksen are are Florida cops, and it's it's a comedy, but Henriksen plays the role supposedly totally straight. Nice, and it, it it makes it. What I've read is he steals every scene he's in because it's like he's the only character that doesn't realize he's in a comedy. Oh, that's awesome! And so I really want to see this. No, I, I was just uh, asking Brad. Uh, uh, wasn't Lance Hendrickson at, at Flashback whenever we went? And he, he was. He said, "Yeah." And I'm just trying to remember which one he. Uh, which one was he? He asked, Henry- me, he asked me if Lance Hendrickson was the one that was picking people up, but I said, no, that was Michael Rooker. Oh, okay. Michael Rooker's awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, Jared, it's Hendrickson, not Hendrickson. I, I, when I was trying to think about actors who have distanced themselves from their movies, I was coming up with a lot who have come out against some movies that they made since becoming famous. Y- yeah, you sometimes make that what-the-hell-happened-during-production movie. Yeah. Like, you know what? Screw you, Eddie Murphy. I love the Golden Child. Eddie Murphy I'm has no right to bash the Golden Child. Sick of him bashing that. No, that's an awesome movie. And, you know, like I said, really? a couple yeah, a couple of years ago, before an awards show for uh, Dreamgirls, he was asked what like five films in his career does he regret? Even before Pluto Nash, almost without hesitation, he went Golden Child. I mean, really, he hates the Golden Child more than Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash, meet Dave. Uh, whatever crappy kids movies he's been doing. Daddy Daycare. See, that's why I'm I'm a little excited about Tower Heist because at least it, this is this is not a kids movie. This isn't like a a family uh, friendly role. We we finally get to see Eddie Murphy go back to basics. Some oh, of the early like, reviews yeah. say like he's really back in in you know Axel Foley form in this. That's good because I mean like 
I can't really say I'm sold on the trailers. It really, I haven't really laughed that much at the movie trailers for it. But one thing, yeah, that I will say about it is that, yeah, it, it regardless of whether it looks good or bad, regardless if it is good or bad, it this is it is an Eddie Murphy role. It is an Eddie Murphy movie. Exactly, and I mean, I probably won't go see it in the theater, but when it comes out to video, I'm definitely going to get that first night it comes to video. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it just because I've been waiting for him to come back and do an Eddie Murphy movie for 10 years. I might actually go see it tomorrow. But it, it has Ben Stiller in it, so that's a big downside for me because I really hate Ben Stiller. I like Ben Stiller when Ben Stiller is doing Ben Stiller-type stuff. Next of Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to whether or like uh, uh, Tropic Thunder. Try yeah, Tropic Thunder, Greenberg. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, he was. Fun. I liked him, and there's something about Mary. Um, yeah, he was okay. I hated that movie. It was Zoolander. Intensely. Zoolander. I uh, stuff like that. That's that's clearly like something that is his style of humor more so than whatever kids movie he does. Like like looking at uh, oh um um. Night at the Museum, yeah. Fockers. Night at the Museum, Fockers, you know, whatever, stuff like that that he's just doing, like, family-friendly bullshit. But when he's actually doing something that reminds you of, like, the Ben Stiller show and stuff like that and, like, actually seem like the Isla comedy, I, I enjoy it. He doesn't do that very often, but... That leads right into our thing, actually. Ben Stiller in Next of Kin. It is such an un-Ben Stiller role and such an early role... I don't know, has he distanced himself from Next of Kin, or is that one that he's kind of proud of that he had a pretty dramatic role in that? There was hardly any comedy in his Next of Kin role. Uh, I can't imagine him, like, coming out against that movie. You know, one of my favorite things he ever did, you remember uh, The Hustler of Money? <laughs> it's vaguely. The Hustler of Money was a spoof trailer that he did in the 80s that was a spoof off of The Color of Money. Well, that's what I'm thinking Stiller of. as Tom Cruise, and it was John Mahoney as Paul Newman, and instead of being about pool, it was about bowling. <laughs> so he's doing juggling tricks with the bowling balls and rolling two balls down the same lane and the cocking up like big time from the Tom Cruise character in that movie and it's still playing the same soundtrack from Color of Money so like, <laughs> it's in the way that you use it by Eric Clapton and Werewolves of One <laughs> that was the funniest thing Ben Stiller ever did then look at actors who even if they don't want to be in a movie later in their career they, st- they still don't seem to half ass it like I brought up this movie no- numerous times The Visitor you know John Huston and Shelley Winters are both in that near the end of their careers mm-hmm. neither one is half-assing it in this little weird Italian movie that doesn't make any sense whatsoever they're giving it the same all they gave to the movies in the 50s and 60s I have a lot of respect for actors who do that and Sarah and I were watching were watching uh, the Italian Stallion the other day and one of the things that she said and I agree with it, she says this movie actually makes me respect Stallone even more because he isn't sleepwalking through this movie. He's giving a genuine performance in this softcore porn. He, he did the same thing in Death Race 2000. Yeah, he didn't yeah, really sleepwalk. Yeah. The, remember the scene where he's throwing all the spaghetti around? I know, it's awesome. You know, and, and then you see him in some of these later films, and he is sleepwalking. You go, why did you do a better job when you weren't getting paid much to when the whole, half the budget goes to your paycheck and you're just half-assing it? <laughs> I mean, the, the dichotomy's slightly off there, isn't it? I guess maybe it's easier to sleepwalk through uh, something like uh, 
stop or my mom will shoot. Didn't he? Didn't he co-write that or something? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't think he, I don't think he did. Well, you got to remember, everything Stallone's in, he co-writes because he always, whether he gets a credit or not, has the script rewritten, quote unquote, for him. That's what one of the, the that's what the director of Judge Dredd, one of his problems. Stallone kept rewriting the script every day to suit Stallone for Judge Dredd, even though Judge, uh, Stallone is not credited anywhere as a writer on that movie. He said basically Stallone rewrote the entire script while shooting. Uh, then maybe then maybe on Stopper, my mom will shoot. He did, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't credited for it. Because that, that's one thing I don't get about when a star becomes big. They can't just go, you know what, this role is right for me. They have to go, this is a cool role. Now let's tailor it to me. I say, screw you. Then you get a different actor. Uh-huh. That, that's my way of thinking. But, of course, studios say the actor is what carries the movie because studios are morons. I mean, Pluto Nash should have shown him that. That was pure hubris on on Eddie Murphy's part because he, he basically was doing the same thing. He kept making up new gags and stuff and the director wasn't even really in control. The director was just figuring out where to put the camera. Eddie Murphy was in control of that movie. <laughs> I've never actually seen Pluto Nash before. Brian and I were sitting around the other day like, you know, neither one of us has seen Pluto Nash before. We should watch this movie. And we also were like, in fact, I think you're the first person I've talked to who has seen the movie because that's one of the things we were talking about. We were like, I don't even know if I know anyone who's seen Pluto Nash. I know plenty of people who have seen every other bomb on the planet. I saw it in the theater. I worked at the movie theater when that came out. So I sat and watched it when there was two people in the theater that night. I sat in the back row and watched it with them. I like watching. I like going and watching and watching some of those big budget colossal flops like that. I think I'm the only one in town who's probably seen Inchon. Well, because like I did this, I did the same thing with Treasure Planet and Blue Crush, and Star Trek Nemesis and Battlefield Earth and numerous films like that, where you know there's nobody there and you're just watching the damn movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw Battlefield Earth in the theater, I think there was I think there was a few people in the, still in the theater. But back to Pluto Nash. Have you seen it since? I mean, have you? Did you go and rent it then? No, I we've we've got a copy of it, but we haven't had the time to watch it yet because we've been watching too many freaking ET movies. Well, I'll tell you this right now, and whether you believe my opinion or not, it's not nearly as bad as everyone says it is. Honestly, I'm like that with I'm like that with a lot of with a lot of movies that are mainly known for being so bad just because they're flops. Because, you know what I mean? Because yeah. something because something is a colossal flop that automatically means it's bad. Yeah, some of them are, but a lot of them you go back and watch. It's like this movie didn't do very well at the box office, but when you actually sit down and watch it, it's not that bad of a movie. No, there are bad movies that do terrific at the box office. Yeah, ex- that's the thing right there. Is that I'm sorry, box office ratings, audience number does not equal quality. It does to a studio executive. Well, yeah, if you have no soul. Don't you have to sell your soul to become a studio executive nowadays? That's what I mean. Like, Pluto Nash, it actually has a few genuinely funny parts, which is more than any of the reviews would lead you to believe. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it's got a great cast. Uh, Pam Greer is really cool as Eddie Murphy's mom. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's an insult to Pam Greer or not of her for her age because they're not really that far apart age-wise. <laughs> what, what is she, like 10 years older? Yeah, that's why I said kind of that's a little bit of an insult that yeah. that's his mom, but, you know, leaving that aside, uh, Jay Moore is incredibly funny in it. I do admit the plot twist at the end is terrible. Uh-huh. And it does not make sense if you go back and pick apart other parts of the movie. It was well, that was clearly a no. I'm not going to tell you, but it was clearly a rewritten. We have to figure out how to save this film kind of ending. So I won't tell you what it is, but the the twist is terrible. Is the number one bomb still uh, Cutthroat Island? I thought it was Ishtar because I know Ishtar no, no. still has not made its budget back, even even after all these years of cable and video sales. No, no, it's it's not Ishtar. It's definitely not Ishtar. Um, in terms of in terms of the amount of money lost or like ratio to box office to how much it cost, it, it's definitely not Ishtar. I think it's I think it's still Cutthroat Island. Well, okay, Ishtar. You haven't seen Pluto Nash. I haven't seen Ishtar. Is I've that... seen Ishtar. Ishtar is not that bad. As I was just going to say, is it as bad? I mean, my mom said she walked out of the movie when she saw it in whatever year it was. She walked out after about an hour. She couldn't stand it anymore. I didn't think it was that bad. Even like, uh, I've even seen, I mean, they kind of poke fun at it here and there, but uh, I've seen Warren Beatty even say, like, well, I still liked the movie. And um, I think Johnny Carson, when the movie was out, uh, said something like, I went to go see it. It wasn't that bad. It's really it's it's essentially a send up of like the Hope and Crosby movies, right? Um, and just I heard it just didn't work. And of course, Elaine May wasted so much money making that movie because she kept wanting re edits and things that could have been done with special effects. She insisted be done, you know, live in camera, which you know doubled and tripled the costs of some shots. Instead of yeah. adding an optical later, she insisted it be done in camera. And, and I know, you know, we're the CGI haters, but sometimes if it's going to cost $100,000 to get one shot, $20,000, $25,000 to get the shot when you add it in post, you don't waste three-quarters of your budget to get that one in-camera shot, especially when no one cares. Yeah, and that was one of those movies where all of that was made public for the movie count. So you have these, this news of like overbloated budget taking so long in post-production, blah, 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 and that automatically means it's a bad movie. You watch it, it's not that bad. It's really not that, that messy of a movie. It's, yeah, you can see that the budget is there and everything, but so it's... They play a couple of lounge singers, and they are re- they play really bad lounge singers in the movie, and some of their songs are bad and they're funny because they're supposed to be really bad and charles groden is in it and he's he's funny it's, well it's, there was this tri- there was this movie. there was this trio tv special on the biggest flops and you know all in each genre and they so they had a lot of information on ishtar one of the big post-production problems was four different edits of the movie nobody yeah. was happy elaine may had an edit dustin hoffman and warren Beatty hated it so then warren Beatty had an had a cut Elaine May and Beatty hated it. So then Warren yeah. Beatty made a cut. Dustin Hoffman and Elaine May hated it. So then the studio had a cut. They re- had the movie recut. Everybody hated it. And then eventually what came out was a mishmash that made absolutely no one happy. I don't know. Like It's, it's like I said, eventually it made some of them happy because eventually the movie kind of warmed up to Warren Beatty because he, he seemed to have some decent things to say about it. 
Well, because maybe some time has passed. I, I heard when Waterworld first came out. First of all, I like Waterworld. Yes, it's got a lot of problems, but I like Waterworld. I like it too. Yeah. I, uh, I, my wife and I were going through a video store back in the VHS era, and this this one like twelve year old girl brought Waterworld up to her mom and said, "How about this?" And the mom goes, "No, I have never seen a worse movie in my entire life." Okay. All I could think was, "Then, lady, you don't watch a lot of movies." The list right here, Throat Island, is number one. Okay. Uh, Ishtar is, like, down in the 20s. Really? Um, what are some yeah, of the others? It's, it, it, it's, it's, listed, it's listed by... It's listed by the amount of money it lost uh, adjust, adjusted for inflation. Okay. Um, Postman? Postman, I'm sure, is on here somewhere. Uh, Cutthroat Island is number one. Number two is the Alamo... Pluto Nash three, Sahara four, and Mars needs moms is five. Yeah, there's town and country. Well, um, see, the, oh yeah, Postman is down. Would be like around like twenty or something like that. Because I gotta say this: out of all those movies that are at, that really are as bad as everyone says, Postman actually pissed me off at how bad Postman it was. Pissed me off too. I didn't I mean, like that. Movie I don't know what Costner was thinking with that piece of crap. I don't know yeah. how he thought that was a good movie. Uh, Ishtar is between a world and eighty than Hudson Hawk. Screw that! Hudson Hawk was awesome. I like Hudson Hawk too. Hudson, I saw that seven times in one week in the theater. Oh, there's, there's Inchon right between Battlefield Earth and Race the Titanic. I, I, I know uh, Ballistic X versus Sever lost a ton of money. Yeah, I don't know if that's on there or not, but I know that was a major disaster. Bottom of the list is Shanghai Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it, it only lost fourteen million dollars. I'm sure Wild Wild West is on there somewhere. Uh, Wild Wild West uh, at least brought in over a hundred million dollars at the box office. Because to me, Wild Wild West is another one that Super is Mario so bad. Brothers. I could, I just could not stand Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West is freaking bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know that screams studio interference. Wild Wild West just screams studio meddling. Yeah. I'm not seeing Wild Wild West yet. Well, yeah, that one might have made uh, enough West. money. Wild Wild West probably brought its money back in a worldwide gross. Battlefield Earth? Yeah, Battlefield Earth is on there. It's in, like, the top 20. Because, yeah, that, that one I know lost a ton. We were talking about this earlier. and Did you see the trailer they put up for 21 Jump Street? There's a trailer already? No, I haven't. I've heard that Dude. now it's basically a comedy and they're making fun of everything the old show stood for, but I haven't seen a trailer yet. Dude. Am I going to get mad, Brad? Am I going to get pissed? Gonna, I got I got mad. So, yeah. I mean, you watched more of that show than I did, and even I was really mad watching this. It's a comedy with uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill as two bike cops who score a decent bust and then get part of an, uh, an elite team that goes undercover at a high school and the man in charge of their team Ice Cube <laughs> it shows a part where they're both asking each other to prom Ugh. it looks so bad and I watched, I watched the Red Band trailer I'll have to go Google that after we're done recording. Somebody on the comment on the comments of whatever site I saw said something like, "At least it looks better than the Mod Squad movie." I never and saw I go, that movie, uh, and I go, "No, it doesn't." The Mod Squad movie, I actually I saw it once when it hit video, and I remember thinking it wasn't that bad of a movie. But good or bad, the Mod Squad movie 
was a movie version of that show. It wasn't it wasn't a, you know, R-rated sophomoric comedy or something like that. It wasn't like a serious show that was turned into a slapstick comedy. Starsky and Hutch. Movie. Yeah, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch out of all of them that did that that turned something into a comedy, I actually didn't think that movie was that bad. But See, the I'm one not usually I'm not usually a fan of when they take something that was dramatic was a dramatic series in the day and then turned it into like a a really kind of cheesy sophomore comedy but the Starsky and Hutch movie I didn't think was that bad I I liked it but I certainly liked it better than the green than the Green Hornet and how this stupid Twenty One Jump Street movie looks well at, at least they did not make the Cagney and Lacey movie that they were going to make it was by the same people that made Starsky and Hutch and they were going to yeah. be hardcore man hating lesbians making fun of the whole women's empowerment movement that See, that Cagney and Lacey and I'm so glad that that did not happen why if you're going to adapt these can't you just adapt them straight I didn't like Miami Vice but at least they weren't making fun of Miami Vice yeah Miami Vice actually like the Miami Vice movie but yeah that's something that I did appreciate is that it was is that it, it it was a movie version of that show it was played straight it was played as a I mean it was a Michael Mann movie but it was a Michael Mann thriller like like the show <laughs> it's like I'm the, afraid uh, I'm Brad I'm truly afraid truly afraid if they ever try and make a Hill Street Blues movie what's going to happen to that yeah, yeah. I mean, the nicest, like, <laughs> in terms of the Starsky and Hutch movie, it was like that's that's the only one of those where I can say like that I actually did kind of laugh here and there in, at that movie. Let's see, I again, I, I don't like Ben Stiller. I don't like Owen Wilson. There was nothing in that movie for me. Vince Vaughn was funny. I hate him. Of course you do. I don't like him. The, the The guy has the exact same facial expression in every film. He, he, I mean, Christ, Gillian Anderson emotes more in a whole season of The X-Files than he does in a single 90-minute movie. The Vince Vaughn? I disagree. I don't know. He play, he does the dry, witty delivery rather well, I think. I, I like him all right. I swear, Brad, if you say he was a good Norman Bates, I'm driving to Springfield and beating you with a phone. Oh, yeah, because I like Gus Van Sant's <laughs> Psycho. Oh God! Now talk about a worthless, pointless movie. Vince Vaughn. Like I wish, I actually wish Vince Vaughn would do more dramatic stuff. Uh, when he's not pretending to be Anthony Perkins. Well, yeah, when it's not Psycho, but uh, yeah, stuff like uh, was that, that Return to Paradise or whatever it was called. He, he was good on that. Uh, oh, The Cell. I really liked him in The Cell. The Vincent D'Onofrio, Jennifer yeah, Lopez he movie? Yeah, the FBI agent. Oh, I didn't even remember him. <laughs> I didn't even remember him in that. Yeah, yeah, he's the FBI. He's the F- it's, one of his, it's one of his darker roles. Well, I, I know this is going to piss our fan off, but guess what? We're out of time. So <laughs> we have a, We've got a fan who gets pissed off that we run out of time. Yeah, be, because we waste so much time at the beginning of the show, we always run out of time during the topic. Oh, <laughs> so nice. wah, wah, wah. so oh, we we so are out of time. We got on here. Oh, there's Holy Man. There's Roman Polanski's Pirates. Oh well, that that was bad. <laughs> Gods and generals. Oh, you mean that eight-hour movie didn't do well at the box office? Oh, Jack Frost. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Fourteen ninety-two Conquest of Paradise. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ridley Scott's ex- example of a hubris. 
Oprah Winfrey's beloved. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. <laughs> you know what? Bill Murray was cool in that. Yeah, he was. All right, do you guys want to tell people where we can find everyone except Jared? No, hey, screw you. Screw you. <laughs> Especially since you cut me off last week. It's, uh, uh, it, it's facebook.com slash Jared Foils, my production company for hire, Foil Rat Productions. Find us at foilratproductions.com. Good night. <laughs> and you can find Brad at, I'm still recording, I control the record button. Oh, oh uh, you can find me at thecinemasnob.com. <laughs> and you can find me at 1201beyond.blogspot.com. Good. Out your entire thing. They come back all like, Jared, why'd you curse so much? <laughs> <laughs> Jared, you had like a 12 second curse there. <laughs> Good you made night. Me so mad last week. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>